0: What's up, guys? I'm Hugh Ragis.
1: And I'm Suicidal Sanders.
0: And we are Technically Gaming, a weekly podcast where we cover everything from AMD to World War Z. If it's about gadgets or the interwebs, we got you covered. If you would like, you can catch the podcast every Friday over at YouTube.com slash Hugh rageous our most major podcast services around the world.
1: Suicide... Yeah, would you believe that was actually, legitimately, his first attempt? He finally <laughs> got it right.
0: <laughs> oh, man. How's your week been going, man?
1: It's been going good. Busy, busy, but busy's never bad. No. And uh we might as well get straight into it, because there is so much to cover. So um, much. And if we're going to try and be uh, kind on your time... Uh, we best get started. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw Hugh Strain in at the deep end and just run over a few quick things that uh, I haven't mentioned with him yet. Oh, uh, no. First things. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, first thing, um, Ubisoft has just registered a new website domain name, PrinceOfPersia6.com. So the short version of that is that would be – website registered we can probably expect an announcement of a new prince of persia game the first one for nearly 10 years in the next few days all going well um a website domain registration isn't nailed on confirmation that a new game's come in um game developers register all kinds of domain names as a bit of future proofing but uh the only thing that's uh getting a little bit of traction with this one is the fact that with the um Announcement of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Which I'm this excited week. about. Uh, yeah, um, which we'll get on to uh, in just a second. But um, they registered the domain name and then within a day or two, they announced the game. So everyone's currently assuming that within the next 24 to 48 hours, uh, which will be about the time that this goes live, we may have a new Prince of Persia game announced. Which, uh, to be long? honest, I'm far more excited about than the uh, Assassin's Creed. How
0: long has it been since there's been a Prince of Persia game? It's been quite a while, hasn't it?
1: Ten years. 2010 was the last one. Uh, the Forgotten Sands, I think it was called. Uh, there was a a, sh- a shitty mobile game a couple years ago, but they, I don't think they count.
0: No, they don't.
1: <laughs> no, they don't. Definitely don't. Um, so uh, sticking with the whole business of Ubisoft, I think we covered it last week, but uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is on the way, and... Uh, it looks good. The trailer looked decent. But um, as I said, it's it's the one major aspect that's giving this uh, a little bit of traction is the fact that when the website for that was um, launched, the game was announced a couple of days later. It's going to be a little unusual to see an Assassin's Creed and a Prince of Persia developed almost or at least announced almost at the same time because I think most would agree that Assassin's Creed was... It is something of a soft sequel to um, Prince of Persia. There are a lot of elements in the Prince of Persia that it borrowed.
0: Assassin's Creed. I'm not a big, big fan of the series. I thought, um, I can't even remember the name of it, the one that took place in, I believe, Egypt. I thought it was pretty Uh,
1: good. Odyssey, I think is that that, that Odyssey. Um, As far as I'm concerned with the Assassin's Creed, I loved the first three, and after that, they just started getting a bit too regular, a bit too... (sighs) Both confusing and boring, but ultimately it was just more of the same. They kind of forgot how to innovate that system, so uh, I lost a lot of interest in it.
0: But we'll see how this one turns out. I- I'm really excited for the whole delving in the Viking
1: mythology, I just love Vikings. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, hopefully, some big things coming from Ubisoft. Moving on, this is another one I'm throwing Hugh in at the deep end, but it's, again, in fact, I'm, going to, I'm just going to land on two here I can cover really quickly. Uh, firstly, Huawei, I know that's a company that Hugh's really familiar with. Um, he probably doesn't even know how to pronounce their name. He's that familiar with them. Um, yep. <laughs> it, uh, one of their motherboard designs has been revealed online. This is going to be a China-only release why is that important well apparently Huawei is going in quite heavy with PC stuff they're, they're um it's well known that they're planning to make their own operating system um it's now known that they are planning to make motherboards and processors and it's also rumored loosely that they might be looking to enter the graphics card market in the next 2 to 3 years so uh, by graphics card I, I mean specifically gaming graphics cards um there's certainly no um, they already have server-based models out, but nothing um, nothing confirmed as of yet uh, in terms of gaming designs. So um, so we have that from Huawei, it looks like. And the reason they're doing this, just for anyone who doesn't know, um, China last year announced plans to do what uh, has been colloquially referred to as a 2050-30 policy. What they want to do in a nutshell is get all foreign tech ...out of their computers. So by the end of 2023 or 2222, I think they, want, uh, they don't want any of their state-run systems using Intel, AMD or NVIDIA. Quite a lofty task, but it is something that China can do, and it's something that companies like Huawei, who are Chinese-based, are <laughs> absolutely salivating over. Because if they can produce uh, their own hardware that the Chinese government can use as part of this policy they're going to they're gonna make a, an absolute mountain of cash out of this. So, uh, yeah, um, don't expect any of this to be hitting Western shores, um, of Europe or America within the, you know, at any time soon. But um, if they're testing the waters with China, then it at least shows that they, you know, sooner or later, something might trickle over. Um, moving on, again, it is another really quick one. The Last of Us 2, it has officially gone gold. The game that Less than two, three weeks ago, we didn't even know when it was coming out. It is now gold. It is Naughty Dog has confirmed. Development is finished. They are ready to start shipping it off, getting the discs made, and it is ready for its launch day.
0: Also, to add on to something we covered last week, they did find out who leaked the stuff. For The Last oh, of Us really? Two. And it was who, not who was it? someone that worked that had any relation to Sony or Naughty Dog.
1: So who who would it have been? I have Man
0: no Earth. idea. <laughs> but they said they they released a statement saying that I think the director, and I think his name is like Neil, I can't pronounce his last name is like Dirkman or something for Last of Us Two. I have no idea. i Yeah, you look for they it. uh yeah they released a statement saying that whoever leaked the stuff had no relation to naughty dog or sony
1: well that's that gets even more weird then because it would have to have been somebody that at least had access to the information so maybe one of their developers um got you know had some data stolen or they got a bit careless with their files but uh Well, if it's not internal, um, all I can say is whoever did steal the data, it seems to have done the game the world of good because suddenly having a completely unknown launch date expected August, September, we now have confirmation that not only that the game has gone gold, um, that it's coming out on June 19th. just to clue because it's it's always I always um I have quite a lot of history in old um old gaming and just to clarify the term going gold what that means it refers to the days in which game developers would send off their discs to manufacturers to have them uh, mass produced and boxed and sold uh what they would do is they would use an actual um a gold disc it wasn't made it was just gold colored but um It would uh, be a gold CD-ROM, a gold floppy drive, and that's what they would use as the master version of the game just to be absolutely 1,000% certain that they didn't send off a a beta or an alpha copy to get blown into production. So that's where the term gold comes from. It's it's when developers used to send the discs off to be manufactured, and it was just a way of being 100% certain that was the master copy of the game. Because you're going back to a time, of course, when there was no such thing as the internet or cloud or server data. So if people were working on a game, three or four people, they were all working on their own individual disks. And after a while, you can, you know, you, you takes a time to appreciate just how awkward that must've been at the time to have four people working on essentially individual copies of the game that had to then kind of be amalgamated together into a final version. Um, but that's off on a tangent, but the good news is last of us part two has finished. It's on the way.
0: Next smile
1: big smile, so let's see, what have we got next, okay, getting on to some hardware news once again this this is quite quick and easy to cover uh b four fifty motherboards um this is what's largely known. they call it the mid tier, but um in terms of a m d ryzen the uh the fifty boards have usually been the most affordable options. Um so with the launch of Ryzen one you had the B three fifty, Ryzen two you had the B four fifty. The curious thing is with Ryzen three we haven't had the B five fifty yet and it's been it's been a bit of a sore sore point for consumers because you have the X five seventy motherboard platform for AMD third gen. The problem is it's really expensive. Even a basic motherboard from that series will set you back about a hundred and sixty hundred and seventy dollars they're not cheap whereas the b450s uh, and 350s have typically been cheaper so people have been asking you know because ryzen 3 has been out for over six months now and people want to know where these affordable motherboards are um the good news is they are on the way they should be arriving within the next month or two um and better still we have some confirmation it's loose it's not nailed down but um based on a leak from asus i think We've seen that some B550 motherboards are going to launch at a price that is at least comparable to that that the B450 did. So if you are looking to make the move to Ryzen 3rd gen and um, you do want one of these new motherboards, then you're probably looking at about $100 to $130, which is about the going rate for a motherboard. So there's good news in that regard. Um... Another mildly interesting bit of hardware news. Again it it's all it's we there's a lot to cover but it's all rather quick and disposable this week. AMD has confirmed that um that as far as they're aware um both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X will be ready to release before the end of the year. Um some of you may be thinking, okay, why is AMD saying this? That's not Sony or Microsoft. Well, the thing is AMD is the company that has designed the APU processor for mm-hmm. both consoles. Um, that in fact, both consoles are basically running exactly the same uh, chip. It's known as an APU because it incorporates both the processor and the graphics uh, adapter. Um, but AMD has said that in terms of them shipping uh, parts out to Sony and Microsoft to have them put on the boards and such, um, they're still going out, as, and based on the numbers that they're being supplied, they seem pretty confident that both systems are going to be ready to launch before the end of the year. Um, I think it'll happen. I just think they're getting one before yeah, the end of the year I is think, going to be hard. I think
0: the there's definitely going to be a shortage of these systems, a hundred percent. Because I think, it's,
1: I, I think it's going to be easier getting a hold of my, um, of Xboxes than um, yeah. Playstations. Yeah. And I've seen. Ed- I just say I. I'm in a bit of a weird situation because during the last console war, I was very firmly Sony all the way, but I'm not sure which way I'm going this time around. I I could be persuaded into the Xbox camp. The only we'll reason see.
0: that I'm sure that I'm going to get a PlayStation is just that's where all the most of the people that I know play.
1: The and only then- reason I'm thinking Xbox is because of the Game Pass. Um, uh, with the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, I could get access to games both on the console and on my PC, which would be advantageous because it means that... Because my, my wife mostly plays the console rather than me these days, but um, it means that we would both ac- have access to a pretty huge library for, you know, about uh, eight nine dollars a month. So it could be well worth checking out. Right, uh, getting... Uh, Moving on to some interesting, technical, and probably for the vast majority of you, mildly boring news. Um, ASRock confirmed earlier this week with the launch of their Intel Z490 motherboards that uh, they are going to be incorporating a system that will allow non-Intel-K processors to be overclocked. Now, I'm not going to go into, into the, the depths and details on this, Um but the short version is if you bought an Intel processor with the specific wish to overclock it, you had to buy the K version of it. Uh, for example, if you wanted, uh, if you bought the i7-9900, the I7 uh, let's say the i7-7700, the I7 90, um, there were two versions of it. You had the K and the non-K. If you had the non-K, you couldn't overclock it. If you had the K, you could overclock it. What? ASRock uh, believes they have done is they found a way to make the non-overclock specific processors overclockable. Um, it's either, I honestly don't really re- recommend overclocking much these days. Processors are pretty much designed to go as far as they can within reasonable tolerances anyway. Um, particularly with AMD Ryzen, there is very little to be gained from overclocking that. But the short version is that Azeroth think they've found a way that will make some of these uh, less expensive Intel uh, processors mildly more powerful. Um, I can't say I'm overly enthusiastic about the method they're using. What they're basically doing is increasing the TDP they've found a way basically to supply the processor with more power that will essentially just make it run faster rather than traditional overclocking methods of uh increasing core counts or um uh multipliers so um we'll see it's 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 interesting it's probably going to be terrible and not even worth mentioning um but we'll see it's it could be a curious little addition for uh, people who do get non Ks, but to be honest, I still stick with the remit that if you plan to overca- overclock Intel, get a K version of the processor. Um, sticking with Z490 news, just while we are on the subject, uh, a video uh, published by Gigabyte has confirmed that the Z490 Intel platform will support um, Intel's next graphics card. So we've got Comet Lake S that was announced um, a little um, around a week ago. That will be coming out at the end of this month. Their next uh, processor range, the Tiger Lake, that will work on their existing motherboard. That's unusual because usually when Intel change architecture, they change the motherboard design as well. It's it's a frustrating point for um, Intel owners that uh, usually to upgrade a processor nearly always requires a new motherboard, whereas AMD has been a lot more uh, forgiving. Um for example, you had the AMD 3 and AMD 3 Plus platform. They were compatible with a lot of processors um, over over two or three generations. Same with Ryzen. Despite the fact that they we're on Ryzen 3, the first-gen motherboards still support it. It, it. it obviously loses a little as time goes on, but uh, the, the, old, um, the initial AMD motherboards are still quite happily running brand-new Ryzen processors. Um so uh it's good news for just strictly from the point of view that if you are going to make the transition to um intel comet I s not that i necessarily recommend it at the moment
0: not from what i um, heard i hey, i don't need, look i 100 percent know nothing about this stuff but from what you have told me i wouldn't be getting one personally
1: I, I, I will would still say I am entirely open to be proven wrong on the subject, but from what I've seen, it's gonna be it's gonna perform well, but it's gonna be noise, uh, it's gonna be hot, and it's gonna require a hell of a lot of power. Um, Tiger Lake should be better because it's um, Intel should be transition uh, transitioning to a better design architecture with it. Uh, but at least on the plus side is that if you do plan to get Comet Lake S, and it is an absolute dumpster fire, the motherboard you have should still be perfectly fine <laughs> for whatever Intel releases next. So you're not into it. And getting back to motherboards and prices, Intel motherboards can often be a little bit more expensive than the a and counterparts. So um, well worth bearing in mind. Right. Anything you want to discuss, You. Um. Oh,
0: would like to discuss this uh, Nintendo source code was stolen.
1: Yeah, um, th- there's actually a little addition I have to make to that as well. Um, it's been discovered that some rather significant parts of the Nintendo console source code has been stolen. This is the source code for the Nintendo 64, the GameCube, and for the original Wii. Um, for those of you unaware of what source code is it is the basic dna of the console um it is the original coding that nintendo puts onto the system that that when when it arrives when you get the console that coding has changed but the source code is the dna of the system that tells you how to program games for it um how to um uh overcome copyright protection, things of that nature. It is it is the, the bricks and mortar of a of a system and it is even years and years after systems are released um uh companies are really really anal about keeping hold of that information. Uh just to put this into context uh, Windows XP is it's been discontinued for about six or seven years now. Um the operating system itself is He's getting on for 20 years old, um, Microsoft will still not release the source code for that operating system just because they don't want people doing anything with it. And so for this information to leak for Nintendo is bad. Um, not from the point of view that it, it puts any systems are compromised. Um, you know, let, let's look at this subjectively. The N64, I, was that even online? Could you get that online? You probably could, but not in any kind of mainstream way. Yeah. Um, well, what was the, uh, the the GameCube? Same kind of deal. I think that did have online capabilities, but not in a, not in any kind of major way. Uh, the Wii was probably their first console that had proper online features. Um, uh, but the, the long and short of it is that the, it it's not important what systems it has leaked for. It's the fact that it has leaked at all. Um, Nintendo's claiming that the leak has come via a third party. Um, they probably wouldn't admit if it if it did come from them yeah. directly, anyway. <laughs> um, but um, the main key point is that with that source code, people and particularly bootleggers can start looking to do some very interesting things with it. If you know the source code for a game, let's let's put it this way: there is somebody sat in a manufacturing plant in China looking they, over if- all of this. And he is planning to release his Nintendo 63 slash Wii slash uh not bootleg console, preloaded with probably 10,000 ROMs within the next few weeks. And because of this source code, it, it can go a, even a step further than that, because with that code in place that can be um, transitioned to the systems, they are going to be, although it's going to be knockoff hardware. The software is going to be absolutely legitimate, and if they can incorporate a, a, a DVD-ROM drive or a cartridge slot or whatever, these systems will be capable of running legitimate Nintendo games with absolutely no problems whatsoever. Um, so, and we may have already seen. Um, it, th- this is going to sound crazy, but we may have already have seen an instance of this source code leak actually coming into some kind of fruition. Um, What I'm going to do is this may look a bit rough, so bear with me. But uh, if I turn this round, you will see on my PC desktop there, that is a copy of Mario 64. It is a legitimate PC port of the game. It's not an emulator. It isn't um, any kind of a, a fan remake. This hasn't been done in Unreal Engine 4. This is the original version of Super Mario 64 running for the PC. It has controller support. It, as you can see, it looks great. Now, the theory is, is that this may have been... Nobody really knows where this has come from yet. But the theory is is that this may be one of the first results of that source code leaking online, particularly for the n sixty four that source code was the missing piece of the puzzle to get this running absolutely perfectly for the p c
0: so do you think that not only seeing these consoles manufactured like that we will that they'll be able to implement this into like emulators and stuff to make games run better too?
1: It it goes beyond, uh, let me just switch it back. Um, I do not endorse uh, piracy or stealing licenses, by the way, but that was uh, strictly a demonstration for the purposes of showing you, uh, well, this is a podcast, but anyway, um, for those of you who are watching it on YouTube, you, you can see. And um, if you want to get a copy of that, by the way, it is out there on the internet. As you can imagine, um, Nintendo-ish taking them down faster than a excuse the term, but they they're taking it down faster than a horse knicker uh, pair of um a horse pair of knickers on a weekend. But um if you want a copy of that, get looking now. It is out there. And um it works perfectly on the PC. And I think, as I said, I think this is the first example of this uh, leaked leak source code actually being used to fill in a lot of blanks that um uh, bootleggers have had um, do I think it's going to result in a in a lot of um knockoff systems? yeah, without a doubt, China is the home of the bootleg um oh yeah uh, it's i mean China even gets around it themselves. they have this kind of <laughs> real bullshit policy. they state that um copying something is flattery. Um, they don't give they don't give a crap about if you have a trademark, a copyright. Uh, they will copy it and say that because they've copied it, it means that you have an excellent product. So we're actually being really nice to you. Um, of course, in in the in the sensible, <laughs> clear minded parts of the world, we treat it very differently. But that's how China views it, and it works. It works out fantastically for their bootleggers. So yeah, we are go- we can almost certainly start to expect to see a lot of not not just knock off systems because i said the only thing they're having to knock off is the hardware um but we are going to start seeing a lot of um companies actually not just um it's it's the replication of the software that's more important uh, because it, it allows so much more to happen they don't have to rely on emulators which are never perfect i've never come across a perfect emulator um even even the Wii U emulator, Cemu, uh that's come so far over the last four or five years, but that is still probably another four or five years away from being able to perfectly emulate um, the Wii U on a PC. And that's a part of the problem as well. Nintendo just does not port its games games to other systems, and people have been crying out for um, Nintendo to start releasing some of their games on the PC for years, and uh, they I don't. I mean, yeah, so. you even
0: see, like, Pretty much Xbox and Sony are even pouring their games out to even each other these days.
1: Uh, I understand um, exclusivity on consoles when you are competing against other manufacturers for the sales of their consoles, but for PC it makes literally no sense because nearly everyone who's into gaming that has a console has or will have a PC at some point. Exactly. And um you know if a Zelda game was announced for the PC tomorrow, not only would I buy it, but I'd probably buy it on the console as well. Um you know, there's been multiple instances of times where I've played games on a console and then bought it again just to play it on the PC just for the more enhanced versions of it. Um Final. I did that with Final Fantasy XV. I own that on both the PS4 and PC. Um, I'm going to be doing exactly the same with Death Stranding when that lands on the PC. Um, so, yeah, it's somebody at Nintendo is going to be going absolutely nuts over this information getting out there. And with the release of that um, Super Mario 64 PC port, which, as I said, I, I keep emphasizing it, it's not emulated. This is a fully legitimate PC port of the game. It's almost so good that I can't help but feel that maybe even Nintendo themselves must have made it, or at least had some involvement with it. I've heard rumours that it may have been stolen as part of the leak, as a port that was going to be released on the Switch, because um, it's well known that they plan to Nintendo plans to bring a lot of their old library to the Switch, and um, oh, yeah. some mild, mildly updated version of Mario 64 is amongst those plans. So. So but yeah, somebody in Nintendo is going to be going nuts about this. But uh, if you, you know, if if you're one of these people, because we've had the, um, the NES Mini and we've had the Super Nintendo Mini and, you know, Nintendo is dragging its heels over the N64, which is what people want next. Um, the short version is you're probably going to see fake versions of it that will run as well if not better than whatever official version nintendo does release so i'm
0: pretty sure they're gonna it's gonna have a lot more games than it would have released with nintendo's version too
1: and not just that they'll be available in good quantities too if if there is one legitimate criticism i will make against nintendo it's the fact that they have this absolute joke of a policy of not producing a lot of the systems to create fake demand for it um People are all over there. Uh, we've seen it with the NES and Snez classics. They just don't release enough of them, and it makes this kind of mass frenzy, and we get scalping. It's not good. So um, no. uh, I think it may have just come back to bite Nintendo in the backside. And, uh, yes, if we do get some kind of knockoff system, some kind of fake, I mean, even if there was a fake Wii, I think I would be curious if it only cost about 30, 40 bucks just to have a go at it. You know, if it's preloaded with about ten thousand games, I mean, admittedly, for the Wii, a lot of those are better better avoided than played. But, yep. um, <laughs> if it came preloaded with with that kind of games and it worked nearly as well as the original hardware, but you could still dump a Wii CD-ROM in it and play games legitimately. You know, it's. It's crazy, but it's it's a it's a major problem for Nintendo. As said, no company is ever happy to see their source code released online, and uh, they're going to be more than a little angry about that. Well, moving, so, on. Uh, you, moving on. Go on f- moving find something on. Moving on. While I'm having a drink. So <clears throat>
0: Microsoft is being sued.
1: They are. It's um. Because it's of the controllers, of a, am I right? Yeah, it's a. It's not even a case of they're being sued. It's a class action lawsuit, which um, is – I feel like I say this a lot, but for the sake of people who don't know what a class action is, a class action is a lawsuit on behalf of a large group of people. It's not one person A suing yeah. person B. Mm-hmm. It's people A suing person or company B and um yeah it's it's to do with their xbox one elite controllers now um i've never shown any interest in buying one uh they're a lot they're of money. Rather expensive <laughs> yeah you're looking at at least 160 to 180 dollars for one of them i'm not do you actually know what you get for that money over the standard 60 dollar one
0: i believe well they're supposed to be built better for one obviously not <laughs> Um, I yeah, think they um, have interchangeable sticks, I believe, and oh, something okay. like that. I, be- I, I, I think
1: so. Yeah, okay, I-, I could go along with that. So um, it's they're being sued, and it's an issue similar to what Nintendo saw late last year with the Joy-Con uh, controversies. Basically, people are saying um, that... The controller itself is faulty. It suffers from an issue known as um, uh, drift, and uh, I'll I'll show you. I've got this isn't an elite, but taking an Xbox controller, um, what you get in drift is you have the two analog sticks, and the issue known as drift is when the analog sticks register an input that you haven't made. And this, in fairness, as well, um, this isn't an elite, but I have that problem with this controller. This right analog here will sometimes register uh, inputs to the right despite me not touching it at all um it's unfortunately it's not a problem in most games but in racing games where you know it's it's almost like for one of I, it almost feels like the controller is just blasted to the right for like um a quarter second half a second and then it sorts itself out again Anyway, this is what people are alleging, that this is a known issue, uh, specifically in this case with the uh, Microsoft Elite uh, controllers. Uh, But more so that Microsoft knows of the problem and that they've been deliberately – they've been giving people refunds and exchanges within the 90-day warranty period. But once you're outside of that cutoff point, they don't care. And that's really where the the crux of this legal argument is going to come down to, whether this is a design fault and um, whether Microsoft was aware of it and they have decided to do nothing about it other than hoping that the controllers will just last longer than 90 days, which if you do pay $180 and it does last only 90 days, you know, that's basically $2 a day for the pleasure of that controller, which is a ridiculous sum of money.
0: I I personally think that, with, with um this generation of Xbox, they it definitely took a took a turn back for their controllers. Like the 360 controllers were amazing, but the Xbox One controllers are just they're uh, to me I, they're flimsy compared to the 360, and I wouldn't want to have one honestly.
1: I think I've said this before, but the Xbox um 360 controllers are the best. They're bulletproof. They're indestructible. You could pick one of those up and smash it on a desk probably ten times and it would still try? work perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if I was to try it with my Xbox One, I think it might survive two or three whacks, but by the fourth it would be something would go wrong inside it and that's So yeah, I would definitely agree that I think the um the Xbox One controller just, just was a not little as well made.
0: From when I was a kid. Just sorry to go off on a tangent real quick. When I was a kid I took I literally took a an Xbox the original Xbox controller and I tried to well, break the, the, it.
1: The big Duke
0: one. Oh yeah. The, the lot, oh, geez, yeah. And I yeah. was so angry I was playing somebody at NBA Street <laughs> and I just got got annihilated. And I was so angry that I took it and tried to smash it on my wood floor and it cut my hand open. <laughs>
1: You don't, you don't you don't mess with those old xbox <laughs> controllers you can even buy them. I saw that a couple year about a year or two ago. Somebody had actually um got the rights to remake them for modern systems um don't because they were terrible controllers. They were great, but they were just freaking yeah. huge. You needed hands like a heavyweight boxer to use those controllers properly so moving on um I'm going to ask you a question. Hugh, do you know who Billy Mitchell is?
0: I have no idea who Billy Mitchell is.
1: Well, I'm going to firstly answer that by saying that if you don't know who who Billy Mitchell is, you need to watch the film The King of Kong. It's available for free on YouTube, and I think it's also available on Netflix, um, probably Hulu and a bunch of other things. Either way, you need to watch it. Billy Mitchell... Um, He's a highly controversial figure in the old school world of competitive gaming. He is largely recognised as one of the first mainstream competitive professional gamers. He, um, um, the thing with him is that he's so detailed that I have to kind of try and make it as concise as possible. Um, he's recognised as um, he's formally recognised as being the first person to score a perfect game in Pac-Man. Although that is debated, um, he uh, was also for a time the world record holder for Donkey Kong. Um, he, he's been involved in. Uh, you have to see if you if you really it's not in, it's it certainly takes a lot of liberty with the truth. But if you want to know who the guy is, um, you know, just Google him or watch the film. I honestly wholeheartedly recommend the film. It's about eighty ninety minutes, well worth watching. And I said I think it's free on YouTube anyway, so. Um, um, so, uh, despite all these achievements, he is not a universally loved man. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, a lot of people tend to dislike him. They view him as, um, egotistical, arrogant. Um, the bottom line is though that he came into con- uh, controversy a couple of years ago. Um, as I said, he has been a controversial figure for years, but, um, on Twin Galaxies, um... He had a number of um, high scores recorded uh, for Donkey Kong. Um, uh, For anyone familiar with the situation, this was about the same time that um, around the same time that Todd Rogers was being investigated. He was the world record holder for. um, Oh, it's an old Atari 2600 game dragster. He had a world record for that. That was it was proven in AI was absolutely impossible. So he lied. And this this is where things get, get complicated and convoluted. Um we could I could do a whole episode just on this subject and probably not cover it all. Um the long and short of it is though that Billy Mitchell came out of this Ethos at Twin Galaxies, which was at the time the premier record keeper um for classic arcade games. Um They've lost out in recent years to organizations like Speedrun, where Speedrunning's really taken over from high score. Um but anyway, Billy Mitchell had a number of um high scores that were contested. Um they were eventually removed. Um, and he has spent pretty much since the, the mid to late part of 2018 to now arguing that um, his scores were legitimate and uh, that, that he shouldn't have been removed. He's been I mean, it, it resulted in a lot of things of his removal from Twin Galaxies. He lost his uh, Guinness World Records. They would completely every single this is the the part that I struggle with myself. I agree with his high scores being removed, but Twin Galaxies and Guinness took it as far as removing all of his records. I'm not sure that was right. No. Because it was only really his Donkey Kong records that were in some kind of dispute. Um, I I don't
0: agree with that either.
1: It comes down to a matter of opinion. I mean, the, the line they take is, well, we think he cheated at this. Ergo, he is not trustworthy. Hence, we can't really say that any of his records are legitimate. But anyway, he has since um, in the last uh, two or three days. Well, I think the actual the submission was in late April, but uh, it's only come to light in the last couple of days. Uh, Billy Mitchell is suing Twin Galaxies for 10 million dollars over what he cites is defamation of character. Um He's also uh, suing two other people. He is suing the um, what I presume is the owner of uh, DK Forums, one of the main websites for Donkey Kong high scores, uh, because they removed him as well. Rather interestingly, though, and this is this is where I'm going because I appreciate that this isn't going to be interesting to everyone. He's also suing a YouTuber by the name of Apollo Legend. Um, Really, really excellent YouTuber, um, does really, really good content about speedruns and the history of speedrunning. But he was arguably on YouTube the first person to put together videos that took all of the evidence and interviews against Billy Mitchell and compiled them into one video that people could watch and basically understand why his high scores were being put under question. Um, now he's suing him for a million dollars. Um, and this is not a big YouTuber, he you know, it. I by all means, I recommend watching his videos, but do not subscribe to him expecting to see content pumped out on a weekly basis. He does videos when he feels like it. Um, he doesn't do it for the he has over 300,000 subscribers or near enough, uh, which is you know, for YouTube, excellent numbers. Uh, but he clearly does not choose to use the platform to make his living. He uses it as a as a platform for him to create his content. So, um, yeah, that that's the most that's the part that probably will rub the community most is the fact that he has decided Billy Mitchell has decided to sue this YouTuber who literally didn't do much to actually defame him. He All he did was do – he did a bit of investigative journalism and really good quality work just to compile all the information that, that made it seem that um, Billy Mitchell didn't cheat. Um, he's, people do call him a cheater. Um, the controversy surrounding his high scores wasn't that people thought he faked them. Um, It was the fact that he submitted them as being taken on official hardware, arcade arcade hardware, like an actual board from an arcade machine on a traditional cabinet, whereas most people think looking at the evidence, and I have to say I agree with this. I don't think that's the case. I think um, he either used an emulator or some form of alternative hardware. I don't think what he was using was legit. And that's, that's the whole controversy. And it's the weird part of the story because nobody disputes that Billy Mitchell isn't capable of achieving the things he says. Um, if anything over the last 18 months he's released a lot of videos on twitter he has a twitch channel and streams on it fairly regularly showing that he is a very competent person at these old um, classic games but i think that, that it all boils down to the fact that he misrepresented um how he had achieved those scores he yeah. said he did it on for example an arcade cabinet whereas the evidence all pretty much category even somebody he hired to look into it, came to the conclusion that he didn't achieve it on actual um, hardware. So, um, uh, in terms of whether he'll succeed in this lawsuit, I think he has absolutely no case against Apollo Legend whatsoever. Uh, DK forums, I don't know. Um, As for Twin Galaxies, maybe. Maybe. The... A lot of all this cheating scandal with Todd Rogers and that didn't come out until Twin Galaxies came under new ownership, and the new owner has been quite vocal in wanting to clear up a lot of – because, again, I'm going to try and cover this as quick as I can, but Twin Galaxies had a reputation for if you were in the click, you could have any kind of high score you said officially accepted. If you were in the Twin Galaxies click and let's say that you played uh, Dig Dug, and you said hey i just got a high score of 14.96 million they would say oh great and they would just put it in they wouldn't even bother checking or verifying it and that's kind of that's kind of the problem that a lot of people have it's just that association and, and um it's well, i'm just i'm just glad i'm not involved but it, yeah. um, i if, if anything i'm just annoyed that it's um that uh, Apollo Legends has been dragged into this cuz he is a really excellent youtuber. But does not um, sound like he should have been dragged into this at all? But um, yeah. It's no, stupid. but this is the, this is the kind of person that Billy Mitchell is and he's um he is arrogant, he is egotistical and um I think most people would have just let this slip away cuz Todd Rogers after he lost his world record has been quiet ever since and that's probably the smartest thing he can do. Because just arguing it and contesting it isn't going to win you any support. Um, So, yeah, I wish them all the best with that. Uh, Moving on, moving on. Um, It's another quick and uh, quick, cheap and cheerful one. Probably should have mentioned it when we were talking about the Xbox. But uh, May 14th, we're going to get some official gameplay footage from the Xbox Series X. So, of the next-gen consoles, this is going to be our first look into just how good games are going to be what appear games do you think we'll see um good question um that they what's haven't they announced a hellblade game Hell, Uh, yeah it's hellblade 2 mm-hmm. probably that probably uh, mostly that if i'm honest i think it's the only 100% confirmed xbox series x we'll game so far do we see
0: the new halo at all
1: yeah maybe um the, the 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 issue is that what i've said is that it, it is going to be um footage from the Xbox Series X console yeah and usually as most people be aware games uh, are primarily developed on the PC and usually in trailers or um launch um launch material um it will usually be from the PC version um and invariably it'll look better than it will when it gets to console um there was a whole um whole lot of anger towards ubisoft for the handling of uh watchdogs in regards to that when they released the, the original yeah. trailer <laughs> it showed the pc footage and it but looked, looked absolutely ubisoft glorious.
0: is really bad about that in general
1: then it came to the console release and it looked nearly as good but not quite and then it came to the PC release that they deli- very deliberately downgraded to make the console version look better so uh yeah we'll we'll see some of the new hellblade we'll probably see a few microsoft um ips thrown in there you know halo maybe a, a, a something from forza uh yeah. what else is under their umbrella um I don't think a Mass Effect or anything like that, but, you know, we're going to see some actual footage that's been uh, made for the system, and that could be interesting. Just to see a peek into what we are getting into, because um, uh, Xbox Chief Phil Spencer recently said, and admittedly you can take this as a, a bit of hyperbole if you want, but he said that the difference in graphics between... This gen, uh, this new generation coming up, is going to be as big as when we saw two D consoles transition to three D. So, in other words, he's comparing the days of when the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo moved over to the PlayStation One and the N sixty four things of that nature. Um, It's quite a claim because the the PlayStation One and uh, you know later the the original Xbox. I, I could include things like the uh, Dreamcast and the Saturn, but there's no point. Nobody owned them. Uh, hey, um, I own a Dreamcast. <laughs> the Dreamcast was a really good console, actually. <laughs> it just didn't sell well, but it was really good. Hard hard As I understand it, it was hard to develop for. Um, uh, but anyway, so that's what um, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer is saying, that we're going to see that kind of leap forward. And, of course, With a a new console coming up. He's going to say that anyway. Do you You think we we, we will, though? No. I think (laughs) things are going to... I think things are undoubtedly going to get prettier. um, Oh, yeah. um, This is going to be the generation that probably mainstream transitions us more towards uh, high-def gaming. We're going to see more games in 4K at 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second. This is the generation that's going to do that. Is that going to be anything new or particularly exciting? No, I don't think so. We already have 4K gaming uh, with the Xbox um, uh, One X and the PS4 Pro. Um, is it going to be better? Yeah, of course it is. It's going to be massively better. Uh, but um, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a revolutionary step forward in gaming. But I think we can expect to see, as as you would expect, just games will look better. I mean, you you go back over the history of just the PlayStation. Did the PlayStation Two look massively better than the PlayStation One on launch? Of course it did. Did yeah. the PlayStation Three look massive better than the two when it came out? Yes. Did the PS Four? Yes. Will the PS Five? Undoubtedly. Um, So uh, it's just hyperbole and bullshit to, to try and just hype <laughs> up the consoles. So are they going to be better? Yes. Are they going to run faster? Yes. Blah, 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 blah. Um, The only real question I have is how, if this more powerful software is going to see us get a longer cycle. Usually consoles have a, a six to eight year lifespan, uh, particularly Sony's Playstations. There's usually a six to seven year gap between them. Um, will this stronger hardware mean that the next 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 gen consoles won't be out until twenty twenty seven, twenty eight? Uh, maybe even later. So I've uh, I've already heard some people speculating that the, the hardware it um these are gonna move things along in terms of hardware so much further that we may not even see our next gen console from Sony or Microsoft until twenty thirty, which, you know, is ten years from now. Seems a life I'll be in my mid forties then, so um It's possible, but um, yeah, it's. I'm excited. I I would say I'm looking forward to the new consoles, but don't believe everything you are going to hear in the next few months. You're going to hear a lot of garbage about it, and um, not all of it worth paying attention to. Moving on,
0: I want to ask you viewers out there do you have a problem like me with arachnophobia? Well, we have a game for you. Tell them about it,
1: Suicide. It is awesome. It is a game. It is released on Steam in a... Um, it's it's a demo, but I think it's a time... I, I haven't explored it enough. I've played it a little, but not enough to know for certain. I have one um, question
0: before we start.
1: Is this a VR game? Nope. Nope, it's not VR. Um, don't think it even has VR compatibility. Uh, it's just a... <laughs> I don't I don't want to downplay it before I've even said what it is but I think it's just a throwaway unity title I think it's it's something that's been easily made within unity um uh, but anyway it's called Kill It With Fire and it is a game where essentially the objective is that you have to hunt down a spider in your home and kill it by any means necessary um in fairness I'm I'm a lot better with spiders than I used to be but if I see Me a too. big one If I see a big one, I have to, it's kill or be killed. I have to kill it or I have to get it outside the house. As I'm trying to do, I I am doing better with spiders now and um, uh, the big ones I will try and catch rather than kill. Um, But uh, it it does kind of, I really love the concept because it does remind me of if you see a spider in in the room, a big one, big enough to bother you and it it you look away, you go to get a glass or whatever, or a newspaper, and you come back and it's gone. I don't know if you're the same, Hugh, but I have to find Any it. Any means and, necessary. I'm going to find it, And I don't Danny. want to find it, but I know I have to find it if I'm going to be... If there was a big spider in this room... Are you
0: going to be worrying about it for the rest of the day?
1: Exactly. I wouldn't be sitting here comfortably. I'd be thinking, is it under my desk? You know, every time I... and. The worst part is when you see a spider like that, you become ultra sensitive to it. You feel a brush on your head Mm -hmm. and you think, what the fuck was that? And it's, it's, so I, it's available on steam. It's called kill it with fire. I think you can get a 30 minute, um, uh, playable demo of it. And I would thoroughly recommend it. It's for example, firstly, it's free for at least 30 minutes the demo. So if you do want to give it a try, you've got nothing to lose. And Secondly, it just looks like fun. Um, is it, is it going to win game of the year? No, no but um, does it look <laughs> but, like a fun yeah. game? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, speaking of fun games, we've also had a confirmation that uh, the destroy all humans, um. That's coming out in the next uh, month or two. It's a remake of the original game. Um don't know if you ever played it or heard it, Hugh. I think it released on the PS two, the original game. I did it didn't not. sell very well. It was I've... fun. It's similar to the Spider game. It was fun, but it, you know, it it had enough problems that didn't make it a classic um but they're remaking it it's coming out on the pc in a few months there is a trailer on youtube if you want to check it out um once again don't expect game of the year material out of this but it should provide a solid bit of fun if it is anything as good as what it looks in the trailer hundred no, percent
0: thinking about checking it out since i didn't play the original
1: yeah, I I never played the original but I heard a lot of good things about it. I heard that it was an excellent game. It was fun. It had some really really laugh out loud moments. The only problem was that it just had a few flaws that really stopped it being great. Um but you could probably throw that uh, accusation at a lot of games. Uh right. Um we might as well just uh, go on a roll here with a few quick disposable gaming categories. Um Deus Ex, um, Mankind Divided, um, that was the last, that's the, just to clarify, because sometimes the, the way the Deus Ex franchise has gone, the naming is a little confusing, because what was the first game of the reboot called, it wasn't Mankind, what- geez <laughs> jeez, uh, am I going to have to Google it now? Beats me. I try- no, human rev- Human Revolutions. Uh, so the first game in the Deus Ex reboot was Human Revo- Re- uh, Revolution. Uh, now we're on to uh, Mankind Divided. I say now we're on to the game. That game's about two, three years old now. But um, it's landed on uh, uh, GOG.com, good old games. Uh, really, really great website if you are into your um, classic retro gaming. Um, yes, largely for is. two reasons. Largely for two reasons. Firstly, you don't have to uh, be uh, online to play the game. They're, one of their main ethos is that the game should be installable and downloadable, and everything offline. You don't. So that's one of the big pluses. Second thing about uh, GodorGames.com is the fact that they um, do not support DRM of any kind, and uh, one of the most controversial aspects of that in recent years has been the De Novo anti-cheat system. Um if you're not aware of it, it's not it's not something that comes with consoles anyway, as far as I'm aware. But on the um, PC, it's a pretty standard piece of software thrown into most games and its main objective is is to stop piracy. Um the main controversial aspect of it is that a lot of people think that um its insertion into a game causes games to run slower than they really are capable of. Um, what do I think? I think the jury's out. I haven't, I honestly, and there's going to be a lot of people that will be screaming. Screaming that DeNuvo slows games down. I honestly have not seen any strong evidence. One well, wouldn't you other. be able to
0: technically check it out whenever it comes on GOG? Well,
1: yes, because the Steam versions, although the version of DeNuvo that's on it has long been cracked. I mean, this game has been available pirated for a long time now. Um, but the Steam version uh, will still have DeNuvo on it, whereas the GOG uh, version won't. So this is one of these, and this doesn't happen often. But this is going to be one of those rare instances where we are going to be able to directly compare the games and see just what effect. Hey, see Denuvo some
0: YouTuber has. out there that does this stuff. We just gave you content. You're welcome.
1: Yeah, and it, as I said, it doesn't happen often, and it's um, uh, what what specifically doesn't happen often is that Denovo will sometimes be disabled in games, but it is still there. Yeah. Uh, a good example of this is um, Total War um, uh, Three Kingdoms. That came out with Denuvo. Then Denuvo was um, bypassed by um, pirates. Now, the pirated version didn't get rid of Denuvo. It was still there, but they just found a way to get around it. But with this version of Deus Ex coming out on GOG, which is out now, I think, um it's going to be one of these rare instances where Denuvo has been completely removed from it. So we are going to find out, at least in that instance, if the Denuvo-less version does run quicker. If you want a very short and sharp version of that, probably, but only we'll literally be talking one to two frames per second here. I, I'm, I, I've never firmly planted my flag anywhere on this issue, but I've always erred toward the fact that I don't think Denuvo has anywhere near as much an impact as people like to say it does. So sticking with gaming, as I said, it, it does seem to be a theme today, but we do just seem to be getting through things, a lot of subjects, but a lot of news to talk about, but all on a similar theme and all pretty quick. Animal Crossing, the new Animal Crossing game has come out for the Switch, as we said in a previous uh, podcast. Good luck getting one of them at the moment, but Animal Crossing. I've um, seen uh, I quite get- a
0: bit of Switch lights, honestly, at the store I work at.
1: Really well. There yeah. you go. If you want to, if you want to switch light, use your man to talk to Ethan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, no regular switches though.
1: No, no. Even here in the UK, they're like uh, hens teeth at the moment, still. Um, but um, Animal Crossing, I don't. I, I have to admit, I don't really get the appeal of these games because, as far as I can ascertain it, it's a game about doing chores to make money to pay bills.
0: I do that enough. At in least real that's life. how I
1: understand. <laughs> it it almost reminds me of the days when I used to play World of Warcraft and you used to get your daily quests that you could do. Um, um I'm sure that you probably played something something similar, but on World of Warcraft you used to be able to only do twenty five dailies a day. And it's it, it's it's the only way I can describe it, the moment I fell out of love with World of Warcraft was the moment I realised I wasn't playing it, I was working a job playing it. I had to do X, Y, Z every single day uh, just to earn money and reputation and all that. And that's how um, Animal Crossing comes along to me. So I've always avoided it. Um, But anyway, if some of you do want to avoid some of those chores, apparently this is just how weird and wonderful the gaming world can be. There is somebody out there offering these services as a virtual weeder. Yes, you can get a virtual gardener for your Animal Crossing island. Who will, for the price of presumably some in-game currency, visit your island every day to do the weeding and the lawn care? I don't know this sense. It really I, sounds stupid. Look, but...
0: It sounds stupid, but I completely, a hundred percent applaud the the dedication of this person to this to to essentially role play as a weeder
1: in Animal Crossing. I applaud you. So well yeah indeed it's 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 that kind of entrepreneurialism that made America great but um yeah um so if you want your weeding done there's somebody out there willing to take uh, I don't even know what the currency is in Animal Crossing but uh, me if <laughs> pay, pay them some money and they'll do your virtual weeding for you. <laughs> I mean uh I can't say I would be bothered with that. Uh right so we're nearly getting towards the, the wrapping things up now. There's just a few last few things I want to cover. Uh, firstly, I'm not a huge um, user of Reddit, although everyone who knows me seems to think I ought to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they think that. Um, I do have a Reddit account, but I don't use it often. Uh, anyway, Reddit is looking to reintroduce something that has really been dead online for nearly ten years now, and that's online chat rooms. Um, there are a number of Reddit groups. I think, uh, if I remember the numbers rightly, about 150,000 of the most popular Reddit groups are going to be given the option to have chat rooms. Uh, what these will do is it will uh, randomly assign about seven or eight people to a individual chat room where they can chat about the topic based on the Reddit group they were in. Um, I mean, it sounds it sounds. No, uh, in in all honesty, I can't say I honestly care that much, but. Ah it is at least nice to see this old practice because as i said most in online internet chat rooms outside of dating services shut down about 10 years ago over a lot of concerns over um uh child grooming and uh kids being uh, kidnapped and uh, the as, <laughs> did have uh, people kind of farming you for information and stuff like that it was it, it was enough to, it was, let's put it this way. It was enough to scare Yahoo and AOL and Microsoft to close all of their online chat rooms down.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, there's a, there's a few still out there, but you know, the, the big boys decided that it was time, you know, they did not want to take that legal liability.
0: Um, um so yeah. When I first read this, uh, I- I, I think, no, no, I think it's cool that they're bringing chat rooms back. That is definitely something that I think back in the day was cool. And if it could get big again, it could be something cool again. But when I seen Reddit, that's what kind of worried me because. Well, even, it could be worse. Reddit, it could be 4 channel, or 8 channel. Yeah, <laughs> but. Reddit Reddit can be a very cool place, but man, it can be very toxic. I hope they have like at least some people moder moder monitoring this because, yeah, I think things could get bad on Reddit <laughs> with chat rooms.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it is only open to certain groups, and I think the group itself has to enable has to decide whether they want to enable it or not, and by enabling it. I think that gives Reddit the um, legal disclaimer that if anything ever did happen, they could say, "Look, we just gave them the option." These these moderators are the people who said yeah. they wanted it to use it. So, uh, you know, it's fun. But as you say, it's uh, Reddit is um, uh, Reddit is really one of the best examples of the internet because it is just full of the weird and wonderful, and also the toxic and abusive. You don't go on you you should not use Reddit if you are thin skinned let's put it that way and i would say yes. that more so than places like youtube and um instagram and other forms of social media if if reddit can be harsh oh yeah if you if if you if you get into the wrong group so um but no it it'll be fun and as i said it is it, there is something not that i'm going to use it but there is something sweetly nostalgic about it because most people's oh, first yeah. interaction with the internet was the aol um Forty hours, fifty hours, one month free demo discs um, that would get you access to the AOL chat rooms and um, AOL Instant Messenger, uh, and that that was probably one of the the coolest parts of the early days of the internet because it wasn't very fast, so you couldn't do much interesting on it, but it was decent enough to do um, virtual chat, presuming that nobody in the house picked up the uh, phone line whilst you're on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you <laughs> oh, kids to, don't know how good you got it these days. That used to drive my dad nuts when he picked up the phone to make a call, and he just uh, the, the buzzing and the crackling on the line. Right. So uh, let's just see where we're wrapping up. So we've got Reddit chat rooms. Um, getting uh, it's speaking of the internet in general. Um, as you may be aware the fcc uh, got rid of net neutrality protections um the it was that they were originally proposed to be taken down in 2017 they were finally removed last uh, in 2018 sorry not last year 2018 um if i'm being honest a lot of the um a lot of the uh, boogeyman stories out there of internet providers um it hasn't and changing been bad. It hasn't. Nothing's changed, actually, and um, that I, I do find that mildly surprising. Um, oh, me too. <laughs> because every, everyone was – basically what net neutrality did when it was in place was that it was a law that required internet providers to treat all data equally. In other words, if you're on a, an internet connection that gets you 100 megabits per second, your internet provider cannot provide that connection speed for only certain types of traffic. It has to provide it for everything – gaming, streaming – Um, YouTube, social media, blah, blah, blah. The removal of net neutrality basically meant that internet providers could start prioritizing traffic. And the the most concerning part was the fact that they might start charging bolt-ons for people to get access to the premium levels of um, bandwidth for YouTube or Netflix. And um, as said, the good news is that 18 months on, it hasn't happened. But it could, so it still (laughs) could at any moment. Um, The the only problem that uh, it's a similar problem that we in the UK have is that there is only a finite number of um, broadband providers. So if one of them does it, you know, if one of them does it in America, they all have to do it. Um, uh, Otherwise, that one is just going to run out of business within within the next six months. Um, But um, the FCC has just been ordered by a judge because. Before this ruling was made, it had to go to a period of public consultation. And it's been found that uh, at least 500,000 messages in support of the removal uh, did not come from America. Um, it, it's it's going to be no surprise to say that the vast majority of them probably came from Russia. The FCC has already admitted that a good portion of the messages originated from Russia um but this uh, judge has ordered the fcc that they have to publicly reveal the ip addresses associated to those um messages that have been 100% confirmed as fake so from a public standpoint um is it going to get net neutrality reinstated no that is not going to happen and probably not until you get a new president which isn't looking any time, uh isn't looking likely for the next 4 years if i'm honest um but um Yeah, at least the FCC has been told now that they can't just make an admission of guilt that some of the comments weren't from America. They are going to have to reveal the IP addresses, and it's basically we already know what's going to happen here. It's going to reveal that there was a Russian interference in the vote, there was Chinese interference in the vote. Basically, countries that countries that were quite happy to just kick the hornet's nest in America. So, um, is anything going to come of it? No, but at least the public will know. The FCC will not have control of that information anymore, and the public will know exactly where it all came from and originated. So, Yeah. And wrapping things up, and it's a decent one to end on, uh, we've seen a leak from a Chinese retailer uh, supposedly showing the first – I'm not, I'm not going to call them confirmed because these have to be taken with a huge pinch of salt – but uh, the specifications for the uh, nvidia 3000 series of graphics cards we've got details for the uh, 3060 the 3070 the 3080 and the 3080 ti um of this information i'm not going to go through all the um the the various um statistics of it uh because a won't mean much to a lot of you and b as i said there's absolutely nothing to confirm that any of this is genuine the only mildly interesting part of it is the release date so according to this the uh the 3070 and the 3080 will be releasing in q3 this year so that's basically august to S- september um is that surprising no that's about when we're expecting them to come out anyway uh the 3080 ti which will represent the flagship top speed model that's supposed to come out uh q4 so around um october to december and then the um the entry level model the 3060 that's going to come out in the early part of 2021 um it's uh, if this information is true then it's very interesting the the problem is, though, there's absolutely no way to know it's accurate. And worse, it's the kind of information that yeah. can be very easily faked and guessed at. I mean, NVIDIA does have a history of releasing its uh, higher-end graphics cards first, then it will do the top spec, and then it will do the entry-level models. That's how NVIDIA's done it for the last two or three generations. And yeah. So in terms of the release dates, there's nothing there that most people want to guess at. The only, if I was making this news up myself... The only thing I would have probably have said is that the 3060 would have released before the end of this year. That's the only that's the only thing I would have done that's any different. So, yeah, we all know that NVIDIA graphics cards are coming out before the end of the year. Um, if this leak is true, then we have some first unconfirmed specifications and release dates for them. If they're true or not, though, that is entirely a matter of opinion. Take it with a pinch of salt. And that's it, HughDiePie. I'm out of news, unless you've got something. I have nothing else this week. <laughs> no, as I said, it's, 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 we've had a lot of subjects, but we have just trying to touch on them all as quickly quickly as possible. I Maybe. think the only one I possibly <laughs> rambled too long about was Billy Mitchell, but that's because he's <laughs> su- just such a complicated character. And I'll say again, after you finish watching or listening to this, YouTube, The King of Kong, watch the film.
0: Maybe one day I'll get better at talking about tech tech things so I can actually throw my two cents in there, but I have no idea what you're talking about most of the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's The, the problem when, when you're talking about tech news is that a lot of the time it's rumor or speculation. Yeah. And it's all you can talk about until the product physically lands. You don't know. Um, so we'll see what happens over the next. But as I said... We're willing to talk about anything on this podcast. If it's even mildly internet, news, technology, social media, we will touch on it. I mean, there was there was a part of me that was wondering whether to just touch on the Susie Lou situation briefly. I mean, it's getting talked about a lot. Also, yeah. you pull a face there. Go on, yeah. you. Go on I, you.
0: I've seen stuff about it. But
1: <laughs> I'm uh, good. The... <laughs> I will I will give a very brief uh, summation of of the that situation. Susie Lou is a YouTuber who specifically um uh specializes in reaction videos. Uh, generally anime. Um she's come into a lot of controversy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh and she's come into a lot of controversy over the last mostly over the last 6 months because what she will do is that she doesn't really do a reaction video. What she does is she plays the episode and just sits there and reacts to it. Uh, and it's got her in a lot of hot water over copyright infringement because she's not. Let me, let not
0: me, like, let me just what, let me just for a second. Whenever you react to something, what you're supposed to do is it is. What what it's supposed to be is you're expanding on what already exists, adding your take to it, I guess you would say, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there, they'll they'll just sit, like, even the music, and they'll sit there and they'll just play the whole, the whole thing, and they barely say anything, and that is not a reaction, people. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, and that's, that's basically what Susie lou has been accused of doing. She doesn't give a reaction. She just uses the popularity of the anime show to basically just broadcast it on her show. And she thinks she's been really clever with this copyright workaround of finding a loophole that means that she can stream the episode. And as long as she reacts to it... It's within fair use. Now, of course, as you can imagine, a lot of the Japanese animation companies are not happy about this. And there's rumors. I I know for a fact that her Patreon has been taken down. And um, just to put this into context, this isn't a small time. I nearly called her a content creator then, but she doesn't actually create much. Um... Um, Her Patreon was worth about $10,000 a month to her. Then I hear so she likes that- to try
0: to go after people, too, which I don't particularly like that either.
1: Uh, I'm not getting into that. Um, <laughs> my, my, Don't put yourself on the internet if you're thin-skinned. It's as simple as that. If you can't take criticism, don't put yourself on the internet. And uh, where possible, try not to be an arse to all other people on it. Um, but no, she, she's, yeah, I have heard that as well, that she's, She's made a lot of accusations about other people, whereas it's also been found that she's been just as big, if not greater a dick online to other people
0: oh, um,
1: yeah. uh, as far as I understand it, the crux of it comes down to it is that one of the main butts of jokes against her is the fact that people think she has a big forehead, and in terms of her and other people people she, there is a, history, um, <laughs> is a lot of there's a lot of um criticism of people saying that she just calls people fat, she she likes to fat shame people, and you know, whatever the fuck it's, it's whatever I, I, I don't really honestly care that much about it, I, I think it's I think people would possibly have a lot more respect for the situation if she did actually genuinely react to anime, and episodes and reveals and stuff like that, but she doesn't, it's it's very clearly – I don't think it takes a genius to figure out that this is just somebody who's trying to, for as long as possible, find a way to bypass copyright um, copyright laws. Uh, but, yeah, within the last few days, we've seen that our Patreon's been shut down. And as I said, that wasn't insubstantial. That was worth over $100,000 a year to her um, in terms of donations. So that is hugely substantial in itself. But if other rumors are to be believed – the um the anime companies are circling they have they apparently for a long time they weren't aware of what she was doing but now they are and now that they are um they're they're coming after her and um there's there's all, all manner of um problems and controversies surrounding it as well because uh susie lou uses a um she's she's This isn't new, but she's been looking to transition her content onto her website. She wants to move away from, she doesn't want to be so reliant on uh, YouTube uh, for putting the videos um, online. So she's been, it's been coming for a while, but she's been doing her own website. Now, for somebody who claims that they're not breaching copyright, it's very unusual that the person who hosts her website just happens to be a web hosting company that specializes in ignoring DMCA claims
0: hmm
1: huh <laughs> oh man <It's, laughs> and you know what it's this is somebody this, this is the equivalent of somebody with the smoldering match in their hand claiming that the blazing inferno behind them wasn't started by them Um, it's just it's it's going to end badly and everyone yeah. can see it coming a mile away it is and um, the worst Good luck, part is, is
0: all I can say.
1: <laughs> she's dub- she keeps doubling down, and I don't get this attitude on the internet. We see it a lot with YouTubers, this just constant doubling down when they're wrong. And I think and, she should have took the money and, and run. If, if people
0: would just, you know, I'm stupid, <laughs> I'm going to start, I did something
1: wrong, I'm going to start yeah. doing it a different if, way. You're you damn know? right. If she just if she just said, even if she did legitimately think that she wasn't, she was a reaction. Uh, she was doing reactions. Oh, go falling under fair use. If even if she did think that that was, if she did believe that, and I'm not not for one se- oh, second yeah. saying that it was ever legitimate. It was. It, that was never the case. But even if she did for one second believe that, it, it there's got to be somebody around. She can't be looking at all this shitstorm and thinking. This is yeah, what I'm doing is fine. Um, I mean she's even admitted herself that what she does is skirts skirtsy and I, even I don't think it's skirtsy. It. it is blatant copyright violation. And as you said right the you know earlier, there's a big difference between doing a reaction video and just playing a video and just, you know, recording yourself watching it. Um so that there there's a dumpster fire in the works. Definitely. Um, I can't I honestly I I don't care um about the drama i don't No, i don't even care about her as a person to be honest but i just it, it's definitely worth mentioning just from the point of view that this is probably if the anime companies do sue her this is going to be one of the biggest and i think first instances of a youtuber really being taken to the cleaners over copyright i can't think of any other examples can you no, I mean copyright strikes no. on channels are common enough. I mean, you, um, I
0: mean because most people are smart enough that whenever something like this happens, they're like, "I'm done." But you know, she just keeps on adding fuel to the fire, like you said, and it's yeah. just going to blow up in her face eventually.
1: So yeah, but not not before she uh, digs the hole a little deeper for herself. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, I think that's it. Yeah.
0: So for everybody out there, if you're watching this on YouTube and you enjoy, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you are listening to this on a podcast service, make sure to subscribe so you can get the new episodes weekly brought to you. Uh, but until next time I am Hugh Rageous.
1: And I'm suicide. And sorry to just, uh, s- going to just wedge this in slightly. Um, if if there's anything that anyone listening to this wants us to talk about, if they have any questions, oh, yeah. you know, um, feel free to feel free to ask. We're happy to talk and yeah. discuss about if, anything. There are no subjects um, <laughs> within the within the realms of legality. There's no subjects that we aren't willing to discuss on this.
0: I completely agree. So yeah, so if you are watching this on YouTube, because I don't know podcast services, they have like review sections, but I don't think they have comment sections. So, if you're watching on YouTube, sure. If you want us to talk about something, leave it in the comments, and we will definitely look into it. But until next time, I'm Hugh Rageus. And I'm Sue Soto Sanders. And we are Technically Gaming, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.